0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. I'm Christy Brower, here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey, Katie. How's it going? Oh, good. You know, we're coming to you with our first show of the week. Yeah. Which is exciting. You know, it's it's funny how we, I don't know, have a few days off, and then we're like madly researching and preparing. And yeah, I, I love that part. It's really fun. It is, but it seems like, you know, true crime is never
1: far from our minds. You know, (laughs) we are both constantly, you know, sending each other, ooh, this would be an interesting case, or did you see this? And with the cases you guys are constantly sending us to, I feel like we're never very far away from, you know, researching a case. It's kind of an everyday,
0: all-the-time deal. It is, you know. I watch documentaries all the time and, you know, all kinds of media based on true crime. Yeah, it's kind Mm -hmm. of taken over my life now. <laughs> and in a good way. I love it. It's not a bad thing. I love it. But oh, yeah. I'm also learning a new skill. So I've been a beater and a jewelry maker for well since the 3rd grade. Yeah. And um I don't do a lot of it anymore cuz I have rheumatoid arthritis and my hands just don't have the kind of strength they used to to do some of the things I used to do. But I'm learning something right now. It's weaving with a wheel. It's a it's a Japanese art that you use a little. The ones I have are foam. They're a weaving wheel. They're kind of like making a lanyard. Remember when we did that as kids with like the yeah. plastic lacing? It's a similar concept only obviously with not plastic lacing. And you can add beads into it and stuff. It makes absolutely beautiful patterns and all different kinds of things. So Anyway, oh. I've been learning that this week and I'm really enjoying it. I nice. I go through periods where I kind of don't be for a long time or don't make any jewelry. And then I'm like, okay, I'm at it again. And I saw an ad for one of these wheels on Facebook. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I've never done that before. That looks cool. I'm going to try it. And I've really been, I've nice. been really having a good time with it. Oh, While fun. I'm I can't wait to see TV, it. I'm weaving. Dang it. Uh-huh. It's been really
1: fun. Oh, I love it. That's very
0: cool. Well, I can't wait to see it. And and the spoils of it. Very fun. Yes, yes. I've got some fun things coming together. So it's, yeah, it's nice to pick up a new creative endeavor. I don't know, sometimes Mm -hmm. I get real worn out on the stuff I'm doing and get bored. Uh And this is brand new and I've been to the, like, the craft store like five times. (laughs) Uh-huh. And ordering things on Amazon and stuff to get the materials I need. But I've really been enjoying it. So, yeah, oh, when I have awesome. a little bit more made, I will I will show it off here on the show. How's that?
1: Very cool. Well, yeah. I can totally relate because, you know, I just figured out last week, finally, how to make my paper cutter cut or my, sorry, my vinyl cutter cut paper. Uh-huh. I've tried lots of times with uh, terrible results. And I finally discovered what I was doing wrong, fixed it, and now I can cut paper however I choose, which is just uh it's something I've been wanting to do for a while. So yeah, so I've been having a ton of fun with it. I cut a birthday card for Rhonda that oh, turned oh, out so cool. Pretty. Yeah, like mm-hmm. 10 layers of uh paper, you know, creating a mandala effect anyway. Yeah. I've been doing Beautiful. that before. One thing I found I really want to try is making paper roses.
0: Ooh,
1: and uh, there's a room in my house my dining room has this little like kind of like alcove in the wall Mm
0: -hmm. and I
1: never know what to do with it I've hung pictures there before it's kind of low I've tried to put vinyl you know stuff on that wall before it doesn't stick very well because it's textured anyway I finally figured out I'm going to do a like paper flower mural there and nice Yeah, so I ordered the cardstock I needed and the the fancy glue gun. Mine weren't fancy enough.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Got my patterns all ready so that when the cardstock comes, I can cut them. And yeah, I'm super excited about giving it a try. So yeah, I'll have hopefully something to show for myself soon. The biggest flowers are 24 inches across.
0: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're enormous. I'm only 60 inches tall. I'm just saying. They're huge. Like That's big or Mm -hmm. I'm just little whatever.
1: No, well, we don't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I'm super excited about giving it Get a try and I'm just waiting for, you know, Amazon to come rolling
0: through. <laughs> right. I hear that. Me too. Well, that is very cool. So we're all getting creative. So, you know, feel free to yeah. tell us how you're getting creative. Yeah. But in the meantime, we have a case for you and this is mm-hmm. a listener suggestion. And so we just want to say thank you for that. We really appreciate case suggestions. We want to know what you guys want to hear about. You know, there are, you know, we'll never run out of cases, which is a sad thing, frankly, you know, but I, it's nice to know what you as a listener are interested in. If there's a case that you particularly love, want to hear our take on, go to true crime, paranormal podcast.com. And down at the bottom, there's a place where you can fill out a little form and suggest a case. That's how we got this case. So feel free to send us cases. If you have something you're real passionate about, we'd love to hear Mm -hmm. about it. So this is the case of Christine Kupka. Okay. So in 1998, Christine Kupka was in grad school in New York city and she was also five months pregnant. Okay. And she was, she briefly was in a relationship with one of her professors. And that was Darshanand or known as Rudy Persaud. Okay. I'm going to post a picture of him here so that you can see him. And he was the father of her child. Okay. They kind of had an up and down on again, off again kind of relationship. And when she told him that she was pregnant, he got really upset because it turns out that between the time that they had their affair and she got pregnant to the time that she told him she was pregnant, he got married to someone else. Oh, yeah. So pretty complicated. And well, also your
1: fault, Rudy, for being a big whore. But OK. Right. We'll right exactly.
0: Yeah. But he was mad at her. He wanted her to have an abortion and she didn't want to. She wanted to keep the baby. And she indicated to family members, her sister particularly, that if something happened to her, it probably was him. Hmm. Um, she was a little, she never actually said that he threatened to hurt her, but she gave the impression that she was feeling a little bit afraid of him. Mm-hmm. Considering this situation. So yeah. There a couple reasons that, that Prasad was so upset One, obviously he's married to someone else and now yeah. there's a baby coming from a different woman, but also, uh, he was Guyanese, he was a Guyanese I- immigrant and his father is a Hindu priest or was a Hindu priest at the time. And so that was like a huge deal that he should not be having a baby, you know, out of wedlock. Sure. And I don't know, There are all this, you know, all the, Rules that come with religion. That he was really upset that his family would actually disown him over this. So that's kind of the backstory. She she was majoring in philosophy uh, at Brute College, and she was going to graduate in 1999. She this was in October 1998 is when she went missing, and then she was going on to law school, and she planned to be a civil rights attorney and fight for women's rights. So she Mm -hmm. was a very she was a pretty outspoken um person and mm-hmm. you know, really believed in she she uh interestingly, she was pro-choice mm-hmm. um when it came to abortion, but she wanted her baby. She wanted to keep mm-hmm. her baby, and so she didn't sure she basically told him, I'm keeping it. I I want to have this child. Mm-hmm. Which, Which of can I just say, just from looking at her picture, it's clear that she's
1: a badass. You know? Right. Definitely. It doesn't surprise me that this was her career path because she looks
0: like Somebody yeah. that could kick ass, take names. Yep,
1: exactly. Right. Yes,
0: very, very smart, very accomplished. You know, had so much ahead of her, mm-hmm. and the pregnancy was a surprise, but she took it in stride and was ready sure. to have a child and finish school and become an attorney and do all the things she wanted to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I feel so, like she was super resourceful. That she pretty much yeah. always could make things happen. You know,
0: right? Yeah, to get what
1: she needed. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: She wasn't dependent upon him. She's like, you know, I want you to be in the baby's life. She even had some conversations with his wife about this. Uh, I guess at some point, trying trying to reach him, she got the wife instead and just talked Mm -hmm. to her about, look, you know, I just want him to be part of the baby's life. It's not, I'm not expecting a lot from you, but you know, this is Mm -hmm. his responsibility as well as mine. And she was, I, I liked how. In in learning about her, how upfront she was about the whole thing, she didn't mm-hmm. let it be a big secret or
1: mm-hmm. something
0: to be ashamed of, ashamed which I thought of, was really yeah. yeah, yeah, no shame, not at all. No, she and she was fully ready to be a mom and excited about this baby.
1: Was the wife a promised thing or an arranged thing? Do we know?
0: Um, not that I can say for sure. I did not okay. see that in anything that I read, okay. so I don't think so, but. Uh, It's certainly possible considering. Okay, so on October 24th of 1998, uh, she was last seen leaving her home at about 12.30 p.m. on Westminster Avenue in New York City. Her roommate uh, said that um, Rudy Prasad had picked her up shortly before 12.30. Um, when he came to the door, he acted nervous, the roommate said. Mm-hmm. So that was the last time anybody saw or heard from her. Earlier that day, she had left a message on her sister's answering machine saying that she was going to go with him to see his new apartment uh, in Queens and would be home pretty soon. So she went out like it was just a quick thing. She didn't take a coat. She didn't take much with her. She just basically like Mm -hmm. had a purse and that was it. Like she wasn't going to be gone for very long. Mm -hmm. And she just never came home. Mm. And, you know, of course he was the last person to see her alive. So let's see here. Let me tell you what he said. When. The authorities questioned him. So. They only talked to him once. Which I thought was really strange. Like. He's the last person to see her alive. There's questions about whether or not. Maybe he was. You know. Whatever. Mm -hmm. So he said. That. She wanted to go shopping. At this. Shopping area. About. About. He said it was, let's see. Yeah, so she went to this shopping area. He waited in the car while she went shopping. And there were some people who maybe saw her in the shopping area and then later were not sure it was really her. So it doesn't seem as though we can actually prove that that happened. Okay. Only just that he said it. So then he says that he dropped her off about two blocks from her house between 3 and 4 p.m. that day on October 24th because she wanted to walk to a health food store that was near where she lived. And that was the last time he saw her, supposedly. When asked what shopping mall he took her to so that she could go shopping, he didn't know the name of it. He couldn't say because he just stayed in the car, supposedly. So people... Started her family started asking people in the neighborhood, you know, did you see her walking around anywhere after he dropped her off to go to the health food store? Um, they thought some, some people at the laundromat thought maybe they had seen her walk by, but weren't sure. Um, and then somebody at the health food store did say that they saw her, but then later recanted that and said no, because the woman that she uh, so I was wearing peach colored pants and apparently Kupka had been wearing a long black skirt that day. So it wasn't her. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like there was a lot of anything put into this case on the part of the police. The The Kupka family did hire a private investigator to um, continue working on this case because they didn't feel like the police did anything. I mean, they talked to Prasad once. He yeah. was never charged. He maintains his innocence. Um, you know, there's nothing, he didn't have an alibi, obviously, because he was, he was supposedly with her. He was evasive during questioning. Um, you know, they never like searched his car, his house, nothing. Um, there's really no evidence to link him to her, but, you know, I guess that would have required a warrant and, you know, some searching, which they did not do. They do believe that she is a victim of a homicide, obviously. She's been missing since 1998, you know? Yeah. At one point, there was, uh, in 2010, police dug up the basement floor of a shop that was at one time owned by one of Rudy Prasad's relatives, uh, because there was a section of concrete that looked different than the other sections, like maybe it had been poured later or dug up and poured again or something like that. And there was um a cadaver dog did have a hit there, but there was no remains there when they when they were there. Now, had she been there at one point or not? Maybe. Uh, we really don't know. There's so little known about this case. There was so very little police work. Yeah, no. no. yeah. Hardly anything, to be perfectly honest. Other than they talked to Rudy Prasad once. Once? Like that, that kills me. And then, um, you know, the digging up of that one place. I mean, that's really, that's all they've done. That's all they've got. So there's really nothing known now. Um, this case, you know, her, her family has hired a private investigator, but I was on the website that they created for her about that. And it's obviously a site that was created 20 years ago Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have any updates on it. So there's nothing, her body has never been found. And Prasad is free and that's it. That's the whole thing, which just blows me away. Yeah. Well, let's take a commercial
1: break. And when we yeah. come back, I have some definite thoughts on this case. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. We'll be right back after the break. Life is complicated. The last year has been so hard on sensitive people. So many uncertainties and so much heavy energy to wade through. People are working on jobs and relationships, energy work, self-development, and health. So why call me? Because my clients are my family, when you invite me onto your team, I will do all that I can to help you shift from a place of surviving to a place of thriving. I can help you shift from uncertainty, stress, fear, lack, into a place of joy, peace, clarity, and abundance. Give me a call. Katie Weaver, professional psychic advisor over at 12listen.com.
0: Okay, and we're back. So this is a cold read case. Of course, Katie didn't know what we were going to do before uh, we came on to record this show. She's not studied this case beforehand. We like to do these kinds of cases just to get a, You know, a flash psychic read from the basic information of a case about what Katie, in this case, thinks happened to Christine Kukla. So I've given you the basics. What do you think? Okay, so here's what I'm seeing.
1: What I'm seeing is that he did tell her that he had an apartment that he wanted her to come and see. He kind of acted like he changed his tune. And was mm-hmm. like, okay, so we're having this baby. We'll come and see the apartment that we're getting that we're going to have a nursery in. He kind of lured her in with this, yeah, okay, it's we're going to get a new apartment. We're going to have a, a nursery for the baby. We're going to, uh, you know, we're we're going to be a part of the baby's life, kind of, you know, changing his tune. So she was like, mm-hmm. okay, I'll play along. I'll go see the apartment. Yeah, great. You know, maybe this is a, a turning of the tide. So. Sure. She went with him. Of course, he was nervous because that's not where he was taking her. What I'm seeing is that he had actually gotten a chunk of money from one of his relatives to help him with this. And that uh, this sounds so made for TV that I can't stand it, but it's what I'm seeing, so I'm going to relay it, that he had hired someone to take care of her. What I'm seeing is that he pulled up to... uh, building that was like pretty much abandoned like into an alley or behind a building where there wasn't really much to see and got her out of the car and another car pulled up and they wrestled her into it and that's the last he saw of her
0: wow there was
1: no shopping center there was no health food store there was none of that those were just things to try to I don't know create some kind of you know, alibi, alibi, or throwing the police off course, or whatever. Which you know didn't really matter, considering that they didn't really do anything. You know, right? Um, but I see him with this uh, like stack of cash that he mm-hmm. received from someone who helped him and passed off to somebody else to make this go away, because uh, it was just his family just wasn't going to have this. Right. And the fact that she refused to abort the baby was. It wasn't happening. Um, I do feel like this relative also helped connect him to someone. I feel like he didn't know anybody that was like a hitman or, you know, somebody that would dispose of someone for you. But that the person who helped him pay for it also helped him find a person that would do something like that. So some connection maybe to organized crime or something along those lines. I'm not sure about that. But at any rate, so the people that did take Christine Kupka. They shot her, they wrapped her in plastic and they put her body in some kind of a body of water. Okay. I I suspect that they, you know, <sighs> not even that. No, that's what I see. I was going to say maybe they secured her in a way that her body wouldn't come up. I nope, they secured her and they put her in a body of water. Why she hasn't surfaced somewhere. I don't know, except for that. I suspect she's lodged under something or you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the body's trapped and probably long gone at this point, long uh, deteriorated and disappeared. But she died the day she disappeared. I feel like it was within an hour or so of her disappearance. I don't feel like she was uh, tortured or beaten or attacked or anything or, you know, assaulted or anything along those lines. She was literally just dispatched. Wow. And that was it. And then his That's horrifying. whole plan was that because he didn't actually do it. That they couldn't implicate him for doing it. I do feel like he hid the money trail too. That he didn't take the money directly from his account. It came from someone else. So there was
0: no you know, way to track him there. And he mm-hmm. figured he would just lay down. Well and frankly not that the police looked I don't think. No. It doesn't appear that there was much investigation at all. It he he lucked out in that more... part. Yeah. You know apparently and, a missing pregnant woman wasn't much of a uh, priority in 1998. Priority. Yep. And sometimes. It still isn't in 2021.
1: Yeah. So play dumb he did. And it worked. And that was it. I feel like he thought that since he'd kind of arranged it this way. So if he ended up taking a polygraph, it would be easy to say he didn't hurt her. And -hmm. he doesn't know who did because he didn't even know know those people. Yeah. He had it all planned out in case it, you know, went deeper than it did. I actually feel like he was quite surprised that they didn't dig deeper into him than they did. You know, But he was planning to be this bereaved, you know, father of this, you know, baby that was coming and, you know, right. these are his alibis and reasons why he didn't have anything to do with it. And, that, that and you know, he didn't even have to go that far. It was too, way too easy. I mean, he and not only did he kill her, but he killed her. Of course, she child. didn't take off. Of course, she didn't no. just disappear. It wasn't like her to not show up for absolutely everything on time and early. She would right. never have not, I just walked away from her obligations and her opportunity; no. she had big plans. Right. No. so he didn't kill her himself, but he did have her killed. Yes,
0: that's horrifying. That's absolutely horrifying, and heartless, unbelievable. This is this is a woman that you clearly cared about, and your own child. Mm-hmm. But it certainly yeah. is a huge problem that he did um, not fit
1: into his paradigm. Moving forward, and had right. to go. It's so yeah. unbelievably selfish and terrible. Yep. It is, it and I'm is so asleep. sad for her family that she got no better, you know, treatment than that in her death and that they also got no closure. I
0: mean, really? I'm right. pretty amazed at how little was done on her case. It's just, I, I don't know why I'm amazed. I shouldn't be surprised as long as we've been doing this. We certainly see these mm-hmm. cases all the time, but it still is stunning to me that a mm-hmm. human being go missing and there could be so little care on the part of law enforcement mm-hmm. just yeah, pulls me away.
1: And kudos to her family for the efforts that they made. I feel like they did everything they could think of. Yeah,
0: they most certainly did.
1: It, I Just this morning, I was talking to one of my kids about true crime and about what a helpless position it is for families that you are 100 percent at the mercy of the law enforcement and prosecutor's office in that area because there is yeah. so very little you can do. And if they choose to not do anything, there's just nothing that gets done. So many of these families hire private investigators, you know, and they may or may not come up with evidence. One thing we've learned is a lot of times they do learn some things. And the law enforcement branch doesn't want anything anything. to do with it. They still don't do anything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, sadly, this case was certainly one of those and just horrifying to me. But it continued, even though this was in 1998, it still hasn't been solved, you guys, yep. 23 years later. So we're still in a position of needing some serious reform in the way that cases are handled. Yep. You know, missing missing people, missing women, murdered women. Yep. You know, and obviously we're, we're covering the MMI, MMIW cases really heavily right now, but mm-hmm. frankly... It doesn't really matter what the ethnicity of a woman is. There's still not nowhere near enough done, and mm-hmm. nowhere near enough, uh, you know, seriousness taken on cases like this. Yeah, we could tell you a hundred stories like this right now. Mm-hmm.
1: I and will tell you. I that think was. that Rudy's wife at the time, I think she was very suspicious of this. Mm-hmm. I also think that she was quite afraid of him
0: and Mm -hmm. didn't dare say shit. Yeah. I would imagine considering the situation and knowing what she, what he'd done to basically a woman who crossed him. Mm -hmm. What he was the most mad about is that she refused to get an abortion. Yep. Yep. For sure. Well, that is the case of Christine Kupka. Thank you for the listeners who I think we've had, more, this case suggested more than once, and I really appreciate that. And this is what we see. Katie, thank you very much for that read. You got On what happened to Christine, and we will just continue to elevate cases like this in the hopes that bringing attention to them yet again will bring some information, and maybe at least some justice, or if nothing else, some closure for families. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. we... Our true crime paranormal with the psychic sisters. We'll be here all week. We have new cases coming out. This is our Monday case. We have a Tuesday and a Wednesday, and on Wednesday night we have uh, the case update. And on Thursday night we have the psychic hour. And Tuesday night, we have a spirit school class. If you're in our if you're a part of our membership program, spirit school. Mm-hmm. So what's what's our spirit school class this week?
1: So this week I'm going to teach you how to do a three card spread with Oracle cards. So if you did not take my first Oracle card class, intro to Oracle cards, go back into the Spirit School videos and find it. It's a couple of videos back. Take that if you have time beforehand and then come and take this one. If you haven't had time to take it, you can still come, you know, but I would recommend that you do them both and we're going to keep spinning off of Oracle cards into various kinds of uses and spreads. and But this is what we're doing this time. So I'll teach you how to do a three card spread.
0: Nice. I love it. Yeah. Love it. Oracle cards are so much fun. Yeah. So that's what we have going on. You can always learn more about us at truecrimeparanormalpodcast.com. And that's also where you can send us cases. So thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks, guys. Hi, I'm Christy Brower, podcaster and professional psychic. I have spent the last 14 years honing my skills as a psychic and a healer. I work on the Purple Ocean app. You can find it in any of the app stores. And I am available every day for video and chat readings. I specialize in pattern breaking, uh, particularly in relationships, but really in any area of your life. If you're feeling stuck and like you can't move on or you can't let something go, I am the reader for you. That is exactly what I focus on. It's what I love to do. I love to help stuck people get moving. And I've been doing it for many years and have been very successful at it and can do that for you as well. So if you are having trouble letting go of a relationship or a fear or a challenge of any kind in your life, come see me at Purple Ocean and we will do everything we can, me and my guidance system and my intuition and you, because it's always. A package deal that we work together, but we will find a way to break that pattern for you. So come see me over at Purple Ocean and let's break your patterns. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.